What's up, Facebook? No, I'm not driving. My beautiful wife is driving. Say hi. Hi, I did. Sorry. Oh, she did. There you go. There's the family. You might hear a little Levi having fun. We just uh, went to Deanna Rose. A little shout out. Always a good time. So, hey, well, if you're joining on here, um, first of all, thanks for jumping on. And uh, we're answering uh, some questions from our last week part of our series called Questions. And uh, we jumped into all sorts of stuff uh, last weekend uh, about loving people who believe different with us on vaccines and COVID and masks. And so if you missed last Sunday, I would encourage you go back and watch it. I know the title um, can frustrate some people. I've had people reach out like, man, I thought the message was going to be something else. And then I got it. It was like this message for everybody. And so if you haven't seen that message, you need to go back and watch it. Uh, it's titled, uh, Should You Get Vaccinated? But it, it really is about loving people that think and believe different than us. So jump on here, uh, leave a comment, say hi. Don't know who's on here. Um, but last week we, we did our last part of our series. And so what we do every week is uh, ask people to turn in questions and then we answer questions here on Facebook Live. And so uh, we got one question this week. So we're gonna actually dive pretty deep in this question. Uh, it was an interesting question. And it was a definitely a hard question. I'll read the question and then we'll uh, kind of dive in the answer. So and I know Diane, she's going to chime in because she's, she's got opinions on this one. Um, so here's a question. Some churches, this is a worship question, don't sing worship songs from bands like Bethel Hill Song, Elevation, because of theolo- theological issues in their churches. And some of the issues they mentioned were word of faith. Uh, they mentioned grave soaking. Uh, and they also mentioned modalism. And so the question kind of goes on, what's behind Real Life Decision to sing the songs by these bands? Because we sing a lot of Elevation, a lot of Hillsong. We sing Passion. We sing some Bethel. Um, and now we're worried about the theology coming into church from these questions. So what's up, Johnny? The man, the myth, the legend. So sing, singing these uh, songs from these churches, these churches have their own theological issues. I don't know all their theology, all these churches, um, but I can tell you about, so this, this person asked about theology in the church. They mentioned the word of faith. Well, words of faith is like when God says we're creating his image, it's like these people take it to the extent they're saying like, we're like many gods. So we're not just creating the image of God. We're literally like God and have powers of God. And so they talk a lot about, um, like name it, claim it, health, wellness, um, you know, prosperity gospel kind of mentality. Um, I'm not sure which of those churches this person may be referring to or not on that. I'm sure some churches believe that. Um, this grave soaking, this was an interesting one. It comes out of Second Kings, actually, 1321. Um, it says, And as a man was being buried, behold, a marauding band was seen, and the man was thrown in the graves of Elisha. And as soon as the man touched the bones of Elisha, he revi- revived and stood on his feet. So I'm assuming that songs rattle. So this would be elevation. So this idea of like, uh, some people practice this. I don't know anybody who does. I've never heard anybody does, but they would go on the graves of somebody who was like a prominent preacher or a missionary evangelist or something. And they would like lay on the grave and the spirit of that person may revive them. I've never heard of it. Um, but that's in the song rattle. Um, and God actually did it. It's in the Bible. He did revive somebody off of somebody else's bones, which is really interesting. And then modalism. This is the idea that there's only one God, uh, 
and, and he's only one distinct person at a time. So instead of saying there's the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, like all exist at the same time, which is what the Bible teaches, Daddy. modalism would teach there's only God as the whole, and he's either the Son in the moment, the Spirit in the moment, or the Father in the moment. He's not all three at the same time. And so anyway, these are some theological issues some of these churches have that are writing some of these songs, apparently. And so uh, I'm assuming whoever wrote this question is not struggling with these heresies. Just throwing it out there. And I'm assuming it's coming from a good point. So I'm going to jump in, like, uh, to the question, you know, what? Assuming that you're not coming from a place of, like, judgment or whatever, a place of sincerity, I'm going to jump in about these songs. So what's behind the decision to sing these songs? little Levi, if you just joined us, going crazy. Okay, I'll say this. The author's personal personal theology, uh, the label, um, the history of a movement uh, doesn't discredit the work of a song. Now, does it mean that their song is theologically 100% accurate? No, that determines on, based on the song. I will say, I'm not Stephen Furtick. Come on. Uh, I'm not Bethel. I'm not Brian Houston. Uh, I don't pronounce Jesus with 18 syllables. Um, so I'm not these guys. I don't have their bend on the scripture or wherever this position is saying they have. Uh, but I will say, if you're like, hey, this song isn't uh, coming from an author that's 100% theologically correct, I would say if you're if you're looking for songs that are written by people that are perfect, you're not going to find any unless there's a few songs God wrote in the Bible. Um, we can go back to the host, I guess. Um, but think about this. A lot of the hymns that we sing or have sung or a lot of the Christian songs we sing today, Diane knows where I'm going with this, they come from David. That's right. What do we know about David? David was an adulterer and a murderer. Sorry, I'm merging. She took the highway, so hopefully it doesn't get too loud. Um, But yeah, David was a murderer. David was an adulteress. And he wrote so much of the Bible, most of the Psalms, a lot lot of... uh, piece of the Bible reference to him and his story. And so if you're like, hey, uh, we can't sing anything David wrote, um, we're going to be in big, big trouble. It's probably half the Christian songs, you know. Matter of fact, I ran to Chris Tomlin one time and I asked him, I said, man, uh, how do you write all these songs, you know? He goes, well, I'm going to have to give a lot of credit to David, man. I'm going to have to, when I go to heaven, I'm going to have to give him a lot of credit for all he did because he's taking it all from the Psalms. Um, So I'd say we have to stop singing a lot of Psalms, you know. a lot of hymns have their own issues too. I remember when I was working at church um, in Indian, Indiana for a summer as an intern youth pastor, and uh, we, we used to sing Sweet Bill of Land. Do you guys remember that song? Uh, you guys are awfully young for this song. Um, but they're singing the song, and I asked the pastor, I said, Hey, what's Beulah Land? He goes, I don't know, but they sure love singing about it. <laughs> and Beulah Land is actually the um, name of the Old Testament promised land. So here's these like New Testament Christians singing to get into the promised land which is like a physical land like where Israel is today and they're excited about getting the land and so it's not theologically correct you know uh, some people you talk about the idea of like he lives the him uh, it's based on experience like he lives he lives uh, I walk with him he talked with me um, so it's it's like this movement of like well I'm not focused on God I'm focused on myself and some people had a lot of issues with that song so here's the reality think about um if you were not to sing a song that had people that were, you had to find perfect people to sing the song or a perfect Bible version to read, like think the KJV. So the King James version, which was the English standard from 1611, basically to the really probably 30 years ago, maybe 50 years ago, um, was written from King James commissioned this Bible 
so that he could break away from the Roman Catholic Church and create the Anglican Church in England so he could get divorced from his wife. So if you, if you can't like sing some of the songs we sing, I would assume you probably can't read a lot of the Bibles we read. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, and then the reality is, you know, we can't separate the spiritual from the secular in a lot of things. You know, we like, we'll be worried about the worship song and everything that fits in perfectly theologically, which we obviously want major doctrine and things that fit theologically. But then people will watch Netflix and uh, people are looking at stuff they shouldn't look at online. And there's this idea of like, this is spiritual because it happens on Sunday morning. And this is my life I could do with Monday through Saturday. And the reality is, and Tozer talks about this a lot, A.W. Tozer in a, in a book called The Pursuit of God, he called the sacrament of living. And I love this. He's like, there's no separation between the spiritual and the secular. Like you can't say, oh, this is super spiritual because it happens on a stage. And this is super spiritual because, oh, pastors are supposed to do that. Oh, this is super spiritual because we do it at church. Well, the Bible says, whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, you do all for the glory of God. So Mitch, you know, if you hook a car up to your tow truck, you do it for the glory of God. Johnny, you know, if you go back there fishing in your creek, you do it for the glory of God. I mean, if you're supposed to drink a cup of water for the glory of God, you're supposed to do everything for the glory of God. And for some reason, everything has to be super spiritual because it, it's evolved with church. And so the reality is, it's the gospel and everything, not just the gospel and, um, you know, worship song. So are we worried about bad theology coming to church? I mean, obviously you don't want bad theology to come to church. Um, we want the church, the bride of Christ to be pure, present to God. But I think when you go back to the author, whether the label or the person who wrote it, their sins or their shortcomings or maybe some of their beliefs is not going to discredit some of their work. I think of like Robbie Zacharias. I mean, are we not to listen to Robbie and learn anything from him because he just had like this huge moral failure that nobody knew about until after he died? I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. So if Jesus wrote a song, we could definitely say that's the right song. Um, I would say it's, it's song dependent. You know, we're not going to pick a song that's like something that we don't can't support or get behind. I mean, even like the bones on Elijah, it's like that actually happened. I truly believe God can do what he wants to do. What's up, Angela? When he wants to do it, like you, you can't, I can't limit God. Now I do believe you can't activate the gift of God. Like I can't make God show up and do a miracle. I, I, my, my, I can't initiate that, but God can, and, and God chooses to, and God does what he wants. Um, there's not a theology that um, is going to stop God from doing what he wants to do just because it fits in our mind. But the reality is like, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that you lay on a grave and uh, you get the spirit from somebody else. I don't think that's uh, a biblical doctrine that you're going to ever teach or preach on or believe in. But if somebody wants to do that, I mean, maybe God will do something, you know? I mean, I can't say he won't, but it's not going to be a doctrine the Bible are going to teach on. Um, yeah, so we major on the majors. You know, salvation, grace alone, faith alone in Jesus, eternity. Um, we're not going to divide over the minor stuff. There's so much. Uh, I don't agree with myself on everything. There's a mystery to some of the stuff in the Bible, and you're not going to know. And if God wanted us to know, he would have made it really, really clear. So there's some different interpretations on things. So, Diane, in uh, 15 years of ministry, uh, I've never had anybody ask me, dude, uh, can you can you explain uh, this grave soaking? I've never had anybody explain to me. No or ask me about, um, uh, modalism or ask me about in-depth questions on the trendy based on a worship song. I've never, somebody come to me after a set and said, dude, I, I just don't know if that's biblical. 
I've never had that in my ministry career. So yeah, we just, you know, I think you can um, use these songs to worship God and uh, there's not a certain style or preferred style. Like I think a church falls kind of the heart of the pastor for the worship. So it's like, and for us, the philosophy of worship, maybe Diane could speak better to this, but we try to reach the youngest generation possible. Yeah. And so. And also we intentionally pick worship songs and things to reach people who are far from God so that there's a clear message of what Jesus did with every worship set um, so that people who don't know God can know about him and so there's definitely some like you know working to make sure there aren't like complicated you know words or too much like Christianese in a song which a lot of songwriters don't do but um, it's just important to make sure that it's clear you know there's a lot of songs that I really like you know that I've worshipped to for a long time but the message of them may not be as clear to somebody who doesn't know Jesus and so I steer away from some of those things even my own preferences in order to make it really clear for people to see and know Jesus through our worship set and through our Sunday morning gatherings so that's kind of the approach we take on picking songs yeah I mean Diane's driving so I'm going to move over here wow <laughs> <laughs> But the reality is, where, where, where do you learn theology? Uh, where, where are you going to get theology proper? Where are you going to learn this stuff? It's going to happen in intentional discipleship environments. You're going to learn uh, one-on-one from somebody else or in a, in a one to small when you're studying the Bible. I don't. There, you can take a song and you can say, okay, this part may not be 100% what I think it should be. And there's going to be some variance on that. There can be some different opinions on that. Um, but the reality is, you know, I, I, I do love hymns. I mean, I grew up in a hymn-driven church. I can I can sing the hymns like the best of them, um, you know, off-key and behind four bars. Come on, like I sing it. I sing like I'm in prison, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I do love hymns. But, you know, for our church, you know, we'll do some, you know, occasionally uh, here and there just as kind of a special deal. But the reality is it's just not what the world's listening to. It's not the uh, the, the future of the church. Now, it has a place. And it, and it definitely is not wrong. But, you know, there's some hymns, like I said earlier, that have their own theological issues, too. And if you go back and say, um, who wrote that hymn? You know, I mean, that the um, oh, the uh, Martin Luther, you know, I mean, I don't I don't. The Bible doesn't agree with a lot of things Martin Luther said in practice, but we'll sing him like a Martin Luther hymn um, or he walks with me and talks to me. What's this? He lives. So he lives was written actually because uh, there's a preacher going around not believing the resurrection, and this guy was so irritated he actually wrote the song "He Lives," and uh, I thought that was kind of amazing, like how that song came about. Um, but yeah, I mean you gotta be careful not to go too far and do a song that just like all all feel and no truth. I think that's bad. Um, but I would say the other side, if you go all truth and no feel, I don't think it's bad theology, but I think it's just bad practice. You know, and I, I look at songs and I, I wonder, like, hey, does this song speak to me? Is this does this song move my heart? Does this song draw me closer to God? Does this song speak into my life? I mean, does my hair stand up when I listen to this song? Is this something that's going to be singable with a church? Um, which is what makes a hymn a hymn, by the way, is that it's got to be singable. There's a lot of songs that aren't. I mean, people try to throw some K Love stuff in, you know. Um, but yeah. Big debates on music. Obviously, there's style preferences. I think you just got to follow the vision heart of whoever the leader is in place. Um, there's my crazies. There's the crazy right there. I farted. <laughs>
Uh, there you go on Facebook Live, rocking it out. But yeah, do you guys have any questions? I don't know. It's kind of, I'm just going on a little rampage here. That's kind of my thoughts on the question. Um, there's certain songs we haven't picked. I don't know off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, I know Johnny, you've done music a long time. Eric, he rocks out the music. So Angela. But yeah, I mean, if you guys got questions, just reach out to me if there's something about our church. I know the, the question is a really specific question. And so hopefully it's coming from a good place. Um, it's, it's easy to divide on stuff. And the reality is we just try to major on the majors. Uh, we don't always get it right. The authors don't get it right. Um, you know, I don't think you're going to become like the author of the music because you listen to the stuff. But I do think you should know their bend, you know, and every, some are way more out there than others, to say the least. But yeah, well... I would encourage you guys to listen to the last message if you missed it. What's up, Sean Dawson? You are the man, by the way. So um, I would encourage you guys to listen to that last message. And uh, we're going to be back next week on Sunday. We have a, a little one-off we're doing, and it's First Responder Sunday. And just diving in, um, really give some encouragement. So love, 20-year anniversary of 9-11. And uh, really want to get behind, support um, our local first responders. So police officers, firefighters, EMT, paramedics. Um, we are delivering Jigga Pig for lunch and dinner on Sunday, and we're getting signs out in front of some of the, the fire stations and police stations. Just let them know, remember them, or thankful for them. So, anyway, love you guys. Uh, hope you have a great um, beginning of the week for your first day back from Labor Day. So, and uh, reach out, let me know some of your thoughts. Uh, we only had one question this week, so you guys got a lot of attention. But anyway, can't wait to talk to you guys soon. Bye. See you. Bye. Everybody say bye. Yeah, there's. Yeah, they're, they're never cute anyone to be. See you guys. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, be sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss another inspirational podcast. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.